Greetings, afternoon. Uh, let's try that again. <laughs> what? You are so bad. I'm just wow. scared to stare at you. <laughs> that lasted 10 seconds. What? That was like 10 seconds, and you already flubbed it up. I know. I know. It's, 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 it's going to be a great show. Okay. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Table Flip, as Nate awkwardly stares at me. Um, this is episode 6, 7? Uh, what episode are we on? Seven. Seven. We're on episode seven. Kind of a special episode uh, this week. Uh, Nate is actually sitting right next to me. It's a little weird, and uh, he's actually he was actually on vacation this week, so he uh, thought he'd drive up and actually bug me. So um, we've had a lot of fun. We went to a local card shop today. Supposed to play a tournament, and uh, no one showed up. It was just us and two other people. So we're like, eh, we're just we'll just play cards. So, and as always, joining us from the e virtual web from Canada is. Matt. Matt, how you doing, bud? I'm okay. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. How's Nobody your week? Asked how I was. Well, I don't, no one cares about you. <laughs> uh, but, Nate, how have you been? Good. Now let Matt talk some more. No, no, no. N Nate, Nate, you have to get closer to the mic. Let Matt talk some more. Okay. Okay. So, That's uh, better. <laughs> this is going to be a smashing episode. So, Matt, how was your week? Uh, pretty good. I played a lot of Star Wars because it was a holiday weekend last weekend. So Ben came over on Sunday and we played like six or seven games. And then last night, Ben came over again. We played three games and he had to go to work. But as he's leaving, David shows up. So we played a couple games and called it a night. And then I also played my Octagon round five. So I've had played like probably over a dozen games this week. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, let's actually uh, briefly kind of go over all of our games this week. Um, how how did your game go? Um, did you uh, score pretty well? Uh, I ended up splitting it for my round five, um, three two. Nice. I won the split because I destroyed two objectives as the light side, and he only destroyed one as the light side. Um, I almost had three because I blew up two in one turn, and I was just a couple points short of the third one. But he played a well-timed Battle of Hoth and healed his General's Imperative, which kind of prevented me from awesome, being awesome able to take that last one. Okay. Um, uh, who, who, who is your opponent? Uh, this last one was uh, DJ Jeff. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Shout out to DJ Jeff. Yeah. Nate, uh, how'd your games go? Pretty good. Um, I played against DeSilgic. Um, I think his name was John Crawford, okay. if I remember right. Uh, he listened to the show, so I told him I'd give him a shout out. So shout out to him. Um, shout out. We had a, a really good match. Uh, I ended up winning 3-2. Um, we both won his dark side, and I blew up a few more objectives than he did. So it came down to, to the tiebreakers on that part. But we had a really good time. We were both on vacation, so it was kind of funny. Because <laughs> it was like neither of us were, were all like, there's so much noise in the background. Nobody's really paying attention. But we had a really good time playing our match. So awesome. There was that. Um, my matches went actually the same way. I 3 2 my opponent as well. Uh, it came down to tiebreakers. I was able to destroy one more objective than he was. Um, I am actually logging into my Gmail and trying to... Oh, this is such a great idea. Try to make it as awkward as possible. I'm wearing sunglasses inside right now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my opponent was uh, Andrew Kanak. I believe that's how you say his name. So big shout-out to him for uh, playing. We weren't going to be actually be able to play because I had a family emergency come up yesterday. and We were supposed to play our match then, and... Uh, he was willing enough to uh, take time out of his uh, day to actually play with me last night. So we had a lot of fun. Got the match recorded, so um, it will go up on YouTube uh, when I get around to it. So so the topic that is going to be kind of discussed this week is Gen Con and what's, you know, what kind of the, what kind of decks we're going to see. Obviously, we're going to see 
um, the Smuggler's Sprint or the Smuggler's Run or whatever you want to call it, which is going to be the, the blockade with the Slew Scout uh, with either Colsair or the um, Defensive Yavin 4. And uh, for Dark Side, we're probably going to see some different variations. Um, there's actually a lot of Dark Side options that, that we can kind of go through. So, um, Matt, what, what kind of Dark Side options do you think we're going to see? Um, do you think we're going to see some, some really odd ones, or do you think we might see kind of a standard deck across the board? It's hard to say at this point for sure, just because I don't know what's going to shake up this weekend, because I'm sure there's people who are feverishly playing right now trying to come up with a Dark Side deck. The Dark Side deck I've been using has fared fairly well against the various versions of the Unblockables, or whatever you want to call it. Um, but mine's a pure scum deck, which uses Corruptor's Official to slow down that deck or just shut it down. And I know that other people have been playing something similar because I saw it on... Uh, it was DB Meboy. He recorded his match for round five against his opponent. His opponent was playing a scum deck designed to build around that too. So uh, it, it depends on where, which way people decide to go because there's going to be a lot of the various smugglers insert adjective decks out there just because they're very popular right now. But there's also going to be people who are saying, you know, I need a tech to beat that deck. So it depends on which way they decide to go. Some people might try and rely on, you know, old-fashioned Sith control somehow. Dark side, I think, is going to be the harder one to really just see where it's going to go until we actually see the tournament results. And I can see it being very all over the place. Okay, so you think that Scum is going to be popular then? I don't know, for sure, because there's a lot of talk. Like There was multiple threads you know, about you know, scum wishlist or what scum needs or you know, scum suck and et cetera, et cetera. Like there was, I think, I felt like there was a new thread going by every day about the scum for a while there. Right, right. So it just depends if people get over the initial, I don't understand what makes scum work, I think scum suck, and start to come up with some options and actually use them because I've been using them straight out since I got the cards, which was, well, it'll be two weeks ago this Tuesday I actually got them in hand. And my scum deck has been doing very well. It's It's gone through a couple different variations, but overall what I'm using has stayed the same. It's just the quantities of each I've changed slightly in the four versions I've tested in the last two weeks with it. Okay. Um, Nate, what is your opinion on uh, kind of like a full-out scum deck? And do you think we're going to see it in uh, Gen Con? Uh, we probably will see them. I don't necessarily believe that they are going to be as competitive as as other deck types. I think that Scum has a lot of good um, objective sets and a lot of good strategies, but I think they, in general, work better with other stuff, like uh, Sith deck um, splashing Scum seems to work a little bit better right, than just right, pure yeah. Scum. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hope... I'm wrong, and I hope there's like some surprise, full scum deck out there that just wipes the wipes the board, and just <laughs> just like wins somebody nationals. But I don't think so. Right. Um, I think it's a better support affiliation, um, and we'll see. We'll see. But that that's my take on it. I don't think that they have enough to actually be competitive just by themselves. I think they need help from another faction. Okay. Okay. So, two very, very di- different opinions here. Um, I'd like to hear what the listeners think, and uh, any opinions you can either put on our Facebook or on our discussion th- the thread that we'll have up. And if you're listening to this, and I hope you guys will have a safe travel to Gen Con, because this is going to 
this is going to be up um, the day we record, so it is going to be up Sunday, so today, technically. So um, that way you guys have some, some cool stuff to listen to towards Gen Con. Um, so the decks that we're all playing seem to kind of be vastly different. I mean... Well, ours aren't. You and I play almost yeah, I mean, identical yeah, decks. Yeah. Me, me and Nate are pretty much playing identical decks. Uh, two, yeah, yeah, we're playing the exact same decks. Um, Matt, you have a completely different setup. You're playing the Smuggler's Sprint, which... What have you decided on um, as your objectives besides Colsair? Because I know you don't run him anymore, right? I don't have Colsair in it anymore. I took him out and put... Uh, I think I put the Falcon in. Let me think. Yeah, it's okay. it's Han, Lando, the Falcon, Blockade Runner, Sluice Scouts. Okay, okay. Um, and now... Okay, so... As I hiccup and whatnot, do you... Do you find that you're kind of really open to a lot of attacks? Because there's really no defense in that deck. Mm, depends on what you get out at first. You can be pretty open if you just have like a Suska or something. Um, so, I mean, that's that's one of the downsides to that deck. Like, I know everybody's playing it and it's a very popular deck right now. I don't think it's as good as even I initially thought it was. Because I've seen ways to beat it and played against it enough that I can see where its holes are. Um, in some ways, it reminds me of a Rebel deck, but not quite as bad as Rebels used to be. Right. So, yeah, you can be fairly open if you start off with, you know, like, two Sluice Scouts or something. But at the same time, if you're crushing, you know, multiple objectives, it's going to be a pretty short game. So, really, the dark side taking one objective from you, who cares? Right. Okay. Well, I see. My, my like, biggest problem with that deck is if you don't have Anawat Sector out at all, then you're really just kind of sw- swinging it, it, it in the breeze, really. I mean, yeah, without just... the Anawat Sector, it really, really slows that deck down. Especially if you just have a Slew Scout, because yeah. their one blast is edge-dependent. So you want that extra one from the Anawat Sector, and potentially the extra unopposed from Raise the Stakes. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I, I think that's my main reason for not playing it. It's... I just I feel it's it, I mean as, as Nate has said before it's it's really the new untouchables really um, now I know that Tiny plays a little different different variation he adds the uh, prep for evac objective set in there for the protectors and I think he's he said on his last show that he's splashing one um, uh, mobile re- renegade squadron mobilization in there to try yeah. and get that echo caverns. Now, I, I disagree with that because, I mean, you're relying on that one card so much that, one, you're kind of cluttering up your draw and your objective draw as well. I mean, uh, I just, I don't know. I, I think that running 11 objective sets is not, like, it's not, I think in a scum deck, I think it's better because you have the potential to get the Java's, uh, Java's Reach uh, and capture cards there and just have that, you know, massive deck draw. And you know, a ton of cards for edge battles, but I, I just think that going higher than the recommended ten, I think, probably is going to hurt you in the long run. Um, Nate, thoughts on that? Um, it depends mainly because um, with how the rebel or not rebel deck, the the smuggler sprint deck is set up, you're generally going to be emptying your hand every single turn, so you're going to be drawing. Right, right. You know four to six cards a turn more often than not so the extra objective set doesn't dilute anything down 
because of how the deck plays. Whereas if you were playing a slower deck like a, a Jedi deck or a pure smuggler deck, that extra five cards slows you down enough that it's not worth it. Whereas I feel with this deck, it kind of balances out because you're going to be using... Like if you're running Defense Yavin 4, you're going to be pitching cards to that. If you're um, just running a lot of two-cost and three-cost uh, ships, those are just going to be flooding the field. So the extra objective set isn't necessarily a, a, a downfall. The issue I kind of have with the deck is that compared to a straight smuggler's deck that's running, you know, the, the big three, um, just doesn't have as many tricks is my issue with it. There, there's not... You know, you're, you're losing out on the let the Wookiee wins. Mm-hmm. You're losing out on trust me as an objective. Um, you're losing out on the tricks that Lando can do. You're losing out on, you know, a lot of little things that add up to a lot. And all you're really gaining out of it is um, reduced vehicle cost and potentially rebel assaults. Right. And it's a decent trade-off, and it, it obviously works since people are playing the deck and, and playing it well. I just personally would rather have the tricks that come with a pure smuggler deck. No, I, I, I can definitely agree with that. Um, like, I know that you and me, uh, the first couple rounds, we're trying to, um, we're, we're using the Guardian Luke deck mm-hmm. with, uh, with the smugglers. And uh, it, it was really decent, like, it was really good because you just had a lot of, like, just kind of, and hey, 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 you can't kill any of my big guys. But um, what we found is Force Lightning became just so scary. I mean, it was like, okay, I have Luke or Han with Trust Your Feelings out or two Trust Your Feelings out and a lightsaber or something. You would attack and Force Lightning would just be like, I'm going to kill all that power right there. I mean, that's just crazy. And the funny thing is, like, you have 3PO and you have Counter-Stroke in that deck. So you have, you know, four ways to counter something. Right. Whereas the Pierce Smuggler deck only has Trust Me to counter it. But for some reason, Trust Me feels like it does more to to prevent the force lightnings and force chokes just for the simple fact that it forces your opponent to play differently they either have to play around it they have to are forced into attacking it which may or may not be their ideal attack so it it changes how your opponent has to play whereas 3po and counterstroke you, you see 3po coming and he can be dealt with through um, Vader's reaction, um, when you play an event card, through targeted strike, there's ways around C-3PO, and there's ways around Counter-Stroke. Like, if your opponent doesn't have the resource open, you know I, I can play this with immunity. If you see Trust Your Feelings out there with anything less than, than four damage on it, you're like, oh, great. You know, most players will be willing to kill that to save one of their units. So, it's a weird situation where, you know, four counters and different ways to have them out seems worse than one counter that's based on an objective damaging. Right, right. So it's it's weird. It doesn't make sense, but for some reason, I feel more comfortable running, you know, two copies of Trust Me as the objective than I do running four copies of pure counters. Right, you know, I think that's because it's a lot easier to predict the, the counterstroke and the 3PO's. Because if 3PO's on the field, you're just like, okay, so... I have a force lightning in my hand. I'll force choke first, and then he can either decide, okay, does does Luke or another card want to die to force choke, 
or do I want to sacrifice three PO? And nine times out of ten, they're gonna try and sac they're they're gonna try and negate that force field, especially if it's on like a guardian or something, because having a guardian only have one HP on them is kind of like, okay, there's no point in having it on the field, so you're gonna want to get rid of that C three PO. So like, baiting people into using C three PO is I think a lot easier now, especially with some of the cards that are out now. I mean we. You have just a, a, a mass amount of army of two-cost units that you can just constantly play. I mean, most games that I play now, I'll have six or seven units out on the board by turn five or six. I mean, it's just a massive amount of, of, of units. Um, Matt, have you found... Um, how, how do I word this? Have you found that the Sith scum variations that um, you've seen do better than the scum ones so far, or... Do you think that uh, they're even in, in trade here? I haven't used a Sith Scum one because honestly, I don't even have a Sith deck right now. Like Vader and Palpatine are actually in my binder for the first time in months. Um, I don't know. Right now, I'm a big proponent for pure Scum, but so I can't really say if they're better or worse per se. They're just, I think they're different. I think people are splashing Scum into Sith in an effort to continue the Sith control that's done so well, and I don't know, some days I understand that and want to try it out, but other times I think, you know, people are just trying to hold on to something that did work, and it, maybe not, uh, how do I want to say this, not trying something new for fear that it might fail. Well, I mean, okay, so, in kind of going into deck talk, since that's going to be kind of the, the meet and greet of this episode, um, meet and greet. Why did I say meet and greet? That's weird. That's... Oh, Tato's. Boy, the mash and putting this dude. Boy, <laughs> anyway, I love that song. They're taking the hobbits. Okay, anyway, we're gonna we're gonna not get off topic. Okay, so uh, Matt, Too what late. exactly is your deck? And uh, do you mind sharing it, or um, are you are you still kind of testing it? Uh, I'm okay sharing it now because I'm pretty sure I'm out of the octagon tournament with 13 points. So I was gonna post it anyway because because. Uh, Username hundreds on CGDB actually asked me to post it, and I was holding off until I finished my round five. So it's gone through four versions so far. Its current version, which is the one I was using last night, is two copies of Lucrative Contract, two copies of Hive of Scum and Villainy, two copies of Jabba's Reach, one copy of the Tatooine Crash, one copy of the Trandoshan Terror, and two copies of Feeding the Pit. Its previous versions, the... Hivus Come and Villainy with Greedo and the Trandoshan Terrors were actually reversed, but I decided that Greedo's set is better just because it comes with Captured, whereas uh, the Trandoshan Terror only comes with Bounty. And the Tatooine Crash I took from 2 down to 1 just because I found sometimes the Jawas were reaching the point they were starting to clog up my hand, and I think 2 is plenty. Okay, so my my only kind of disagreement on that deck is using two Greedos. Um, I don't like the, the card capture or the surprise back rub as I like to call it because it looks like <laughs> it looks like Dengar is giving him surprise back rub. He's like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, you're giving me a back rub. Okay. Um, I, I really feel that Greedo is a powerful card. He really, like me and Nate, me and Nate were talking about this earlier and he is a powerful card but he can be swindled, he loses an edge battle, he takes a damage, and if you have it in most dark side, 
cards are going to have two unit damage uh, for defense. So you lose an edge battle, he's going to die. He's useful for taking for keeping the force because he has those two force icons. But I just all of, and my other problem is all of his icons are edge dependent. So you have to win that edge battle. And I feel that a full scum deck can't win edge battles as well as say a uh, Sith slash scum deck can. Mainly because a lot of your units don't have a lot of icons, especially the, the your deck. I mean, your deck is full of a little bit more like ones and twos, where the like um, adding in another, I think Trando uh, Trandoshian Terror. I think honestly, I I would actually add a tra another Trando Terror instead of adding two Greedo personally. Mainly because that's the ver I did have that version. And it was okay. I just I found Greedo, or not Greedo, sorry, uh, the other bounty hunter, Bosk, is not as great as I first thought he was. And I really wanted that extra copy of Captured because sometimes that capture comes in really handy. Like the other day when I captured my opponent's Millennium Falcon, mm -hmm. and then it was eaten by the Sarlacc. Nice. It was quite amusing. Which is, yeah, that you know, <laughs> lore-wise, it doesn't make any sense, but that's okay. The Sarlacc was well fed that day. <laughs> so. Have you found that your your deck like because it sounds like your deck would kind of rely on like the objectives itself like if you don't get that really really kind of good objective set up you're kind of just kind of sitting there and just really hoping that you get some good cards like have you found that to be a problem? No, not really. It's got lots of resources which I like. I typically can get out at least one copy of my crate dragon if not two, and crate dragon plus spice visions is just fun. Good stompy times. Okay, um, hmm. interesting. So, in the, in your last game, what was the I guess weakness of of your deck? Because um, I know you said that you won three two, so yeah. that so th that that's basically a tiebreaker win. So, um, was right. it your dark side deck that won you the tiebreaker, or was it your light side deck? Uh, well, it's hard to say because they both I destroyed two objectives with both. Um. Dark side destroyed two objectives with the dial twelve, and then light side took out two and almost had the third. It's just I couldn't get through that last damage because of that battle at Hoth that he played. So it, neither deck was a weakness for me because uh, you know, crate dragon and surprisingly, um, Jabba's pleasure barge has proven to be quite useful. And at first, I really didn't like it, but it's proven to be quite useful, and I can usually get three damage with it on an objective, which is nice. Plus it's elite, which is pretty good. Um, I don't know. I'm having really good success with the deck, and I'm just going to keep bashing it against other decks and see how things work out. But so far, I've been doing very well with it. So, I mean, it could come down again to a playstyle thing. I definitely think it's one that we're going to see at Gen Con in some quantity just because it's already known there's going to be a lot of smugglers whatever decks just because they're, you know, the new hotness and the blockade runner and... Uh, Slew Scout, you know, are really it's it's not a hard deck to figure out how to use and how it works right, and right. make it work, so it's it's good in that way, but I mean we're looking at a 120 person tournament who knows what we're going to see, because you know there's going to be somebody who's listening right now who's saying, they're right everybody is going to be bringing those decks so I should bring the exact opposite of both of those to take on those two decks Yeah, so, you, you know, know, we're going to see some of those surprise decks, if a surprise deck can push through into the top 
whatever. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's going to be possible, but you, it, it's too hard to say with a tournament that's going to be that large because we're going to have so many people. I mean, Gen Con is going to be, I'm sure there going to be people from Europe, Asia, Australia, whatever. You know, it's going to be a big, huge event. I mean, it's Gen Con. It's the mecca of gaming. You know, you must go once. Um, so I think we might see some surprise decks. I hope we see a lot of decks posted either by their users or by, I don't know, FFG posts, you know, the top 16 or whatever they make the cut decks and stuff like that just to see what people are th thinking because it'll, it'll be really interesting to see if there's a variety of deck or if it's very much you know smugglers whatever and then something that beats that you know cheap right, guy right. swarm deck because I've seen several versions of you know a deck trying to get a lot of two cost units I mean Ben was playing a Sith control deck which was I think it was pretty much standard Sith control but he was playing all the low cost guys so he was playing the Emperor's Royal Guard. He's playing the the security team whose first name I can't think of right now. I think it's Kuwati and stuff like that. And he was just hammering me. I was just like, this is ridiculous. I can't get anything through. And I'm pretty sure he won that game because of it. So, I mean, the the deck, the unblockables, I'm just going to call it that just to cover all the variations, um, is beatable despite you know there being somewhat of an uproar in the community saying, oh, it's broken. It's the worst deck ever. It destroys the game. No. It just requires you to think differently, which is a good thing. You know, it's not smugglers, Jedi versus Sith like it's been for the last eight months. Okay, so on that point, um, I actually want to kind of go over the unbeatable deck, which is not unbeatable in all, in all honesty. So what that deck consists which of version? is what now? What deck? The unbeatables or the unblockables or whatever you want to call it. Unblockables. Yeah, yeah. There's so many yeah. variations. So but... it's it's basically the, the smuggler sprint. So the original version was posted by Tiny Grimes' buddy. I think his name is Neil. 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 Yeah. And um, he came out with this deck. And it runs a Rebel affiliation with Defensive Yavin 4. It uh, runs. Hang on. I'm trying to gather my banner. It, it runs. Colsera. It runs uh, two Colsera. It runs two. Slew Scout, two Blockade Runner, and two Han Solo, right? Yes, for the Swindle. Okay. So the basic premise of this deck is you put out Slew Scouts and brought Blockade Runners, and what they do is they, if you attack by yourself, any unit that costs three or more can't defend. So the whole idea was, hey, Palpatine and Vader don't, can't defend against this. But now the I think the issue with that deck is people are figuring it out and going, I'm just going to play a deck that just masses swarm units, which is so ridiculously good, which is one of the reasons I like Trandoshian Terror is because that's four units that have two co uh, uh, that cost two and have two uh, unit damage um, if, you win, if, if you win the edge battle. So the deck that me and Nate are running... And... and DB Me Boy. Yeah, DB Me Boy is also running. Um, we it's we found that it completely counters it because we're like, so you have a Slew Scout, I have seventeen units that can defend against that still, and you you basically use Vader and Palpatine offensively now, which is just so weird. Like I remember the first time I played, I was like, Palpatine attacks, <laughs> and it's like, oh, Palpatine attacks, lock down your board. 
and they just kind of sit there and go, well, uh, Chewie's locked down for three turns, Han's locked down for two, um, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. Um, so, Nate, why don't you go a little bit more in depth about that? Um, yeah, the, the deck, for those that don't know, is two Follow the Jedi, two Emperor's Web, um, two Council of the Sith, two Trandoshan Terror, a Reconnaissance Mission, and then the version that, that I'm currently running has one Cruel Interrogations, um, but you can switch it out for pretty much whatever you want. Uh, it has a ton of two-cost units. Um, it has a decent amount of resources, and it has Vader and Palpatine and all the shenanigans that they come with uh, in their objective sets. And it, it runs really well because you can start off dropping you know a bunch of two cost units you can start off with uh, a vader you can start off with so many different things that the deck has a lot of flexibility and how it runs at the beginning and then it has enough tricks through not only force chokes force lightnings dark precog um interrogation is amazing yes um especially when you can pull out a falcon with it or or something of that ilk um it's it's all around a, a really solid deck. I think it has the the toolbox setup um, that the old Sith decks felt like they had. So it feels like it has enough answers to the current smuggler deck, and it still seems like it will do fairly well against um, rebel based and vehicle based decks because it has enough unit damage to get around those mm-hmm. um and an offensive palpatine or vader is actually really fun now because you can use them to blow up objectives uh which helps in your objective totals and you know even if even if you attack with a palpatine and and that you leave yourself open for an attack back with something, if they blow up an objective, you're still getting your force chokes and force lightnings back. Right, so right. your opponent has to be pretty careful what they're going to do too. Uh, overall, I, I think it's a very solid deck, a deck that has a lot of answers to other decks. Um, it may not be the best arc side deck out there. I think the reason that I like it and a lot of people have found success with it is that it's the best deck to have ways to deal with whatever your opponent throws at you it's it's generally not going to be caught on its back foot searching for answers right no i i would definitely agree with that um so like i i think we're going to see some really weird decks in nationals i i, I think I, i'm i'm going to call it and say the person that wins nationals is probably not going to be someone who plays standard he's probably going to have some weird neutral setup or some like, I don't know. It, it's going to be weird because this is everybody in the entire, you know, United States hemisphere or even people from the other side of the world because this is Gen Con. I mean, not everyone from uh, just America goes to Gen Con. I mean, I know a couple buddies that I have in Sweden are flying out to Gen Con. I mean, I'm just like, how can you afford that? <laughs> I mean, that's a that's an expensive ticket. But they do it every year. And um, I think that one of them is actually going to be playing in the tournament. I, I, I'll, I'll have to ask him. But um, I, I really think we're going to see some weird stuff. I, I really do. I, I think we're well, – because 
you know, the metas that we have here is just kind of the metas that we've been using as a kind of the uh, card game DB community, honestly. I mean, a lot of that stuff is kind of based around the community. Everyone has their own metas, really. I mean, my local card shop meta is really weird because uh, some of the players just really like their really weird tricolor decks and whatnot, which doesn't tricolor. No, trifaction. This isn't, this isn't magic. So, I mean, and sometimes those decks work because people aren't ready for it. And people are like, that doesn't make sense, but he just won. How did this happen? Okay. So... I, I think that we are going to see a super huge variation of decks. I don't think we're going to see the Smuggler's Run or the Smuggling Jedi deck, which is what uh, me and Nate are playing as well, and then the the Sith or, or the Scum one that Matt mentioned. I think we're going to see just these really weird decks. I really think we're going to see really weird decks. Although if the deck that wins has Looking for Droids in it, that can no longer be the worst objective set in the game. Technically it's not. I think that... No, um, it is. No, I, I, I personally... You shut your face. <laughs> I, I actually think that... Uh, You're wrong. Okay, thank you. And bad. Okay. Children. You done? Can, can, I, can I talk now? You can talk now. Okay. I actually <laughs> I actually think the rumors yeah. that, at the canteen is worse. Because the uh, Rebel Sympathizer, you have to sacrifice them to do the resource matching non-requirements. At least the droids, you can bring back every time they die i mean okay we'll agree that you're wrong and i'm right so okay no that's fine that's fine um jeez <laughs> <laughs> this is such a great idea so matt what else do you think we're gonna we're, we're gonna see do you think we're gonna see anything non-standard like um do you have any i guess different opinions i'm pretty sure i already said most of what i was gonna say i it's a very hard thing to try and predict in a tournament that's going to be this large with this diverse an audience, or not audience, but uh, participants. Um, just because, you know, it's like we said a couple times, it's Gen Con. There's people coming from everywhere. So we could see something totally weird that just, you know, rides the surprise factor all the way through. Or the surprise factor might not be enough and it'll lose to somebody running one of the now standard in air quotes decks that we've got which are you know the variations of the smuggler slew scout blockade runner and then there's another one that's more character heavy that's got you know han chewy the falcon and you know maybe lando or, or luke and the guardians or something it's really hard to say um with any certainty you know okay of course awesome. we're not right. there so well i think that's that, that I, I mean, there's really not a lot to talk about until after Gen Con because Edge of Darkness has been out. Um, the Octagon tournament is still going. Uh, we're, we're probably going to wait. Um, we're probably going to wait until after Gen Con to do round two. Um, but we can probably talk about some tournament stuff. That, that's fine. Um, I think that. Um, I know Matt. Matt, you have you have a couple of topics that you want to get to, so I, I guess we'll just kind of throw the ball to you, and uh, okay. then we'll uh, we'll end the show. Sure. All right. So I mean, this is going to be I don't know. We'll call it general tournament advice. You know, for people who've already been to large tournaments like Gen Con or regionals or something, this might be a little bit of well, dumb Matt, of course. Um, so this is more for you know the the new tournament player who might be this is their first time going to a really large tournament like this. Um, He's like, all kinds of things I want to say. I don't even know where to start. Um, I mean, some of it's really basic stuff, you know. 
we've all heard the horror stories of hygiene at cons. You know, don't be that guy or girl, because there will be girls going out too, of course, but I think that's a little less of a problem with the feminine gender than it is for the male gender. Um, food. I can't stress enough how important it is to make sure you bring snacks or something. For me, it's especially important because I'm type 1 diabetic, so you know, if my blood sugar crashes and I all of a sudden pass out on the floor, my opponent's probably cheering because they get an automatic win, whereas everybody else is panicking. So, you know, if if you're susceptible to low blood sugar or you're diabetic like me or anything like that, you know, bring some snacks with you. It doesn't have to be anything complicated. You know, bring protein bars or even just, you know, some candy or something to suck on, you know, something. Or if you're lucky enough to have a significant other or friend or somebody there, you know, get them to be your food runner. I know people have done that in the past for other tournaments, like some of the bigger wild tournaments and stuff. Uh, you know, food and hydration is a big thing. 120 person is probably going to be a lot of rounds. It's going to be a very long day for anyone in that. And if you're, you know, fortunate enough to be able to schedule multiple tournaments and you're going to, you know, let's say Star Wars and a Game of Thrones, because I know a guy from Halifax who's doing that. So, you know, shout out to Jeremy and good luck to him. Um, he's going to both Star Wars and Game of Thrones. So he's going to, you know, two large tournaments, you know. That's... It. I don't think people realize exactly how exhausting it could be when you're literally thinking all day. You know, it's not it's not like we're doing anything physical. You know, we're not out, you know, winning the Stanley Cup or something. We're trying to win a Star Wars tournament. But mental stuff can be just as exhausting, if not more in some ways, than physical stuff. Um, so you got to make sure, you know, you take care of yourself and stuff like that. So, you know, basic advice like that. Other things, uh, one odd thing I'm going to say, if you're like me and you sleeve your deck based on what the deck is, like... My Emperor Palpatine Vader deck was sleeved in Emperor Palpatine casting Force Lightning sleeves and stuff like that. Like, I theme my sleeves with my decks. That's great if you're just playing your friends who are going to figure it out eventually anyway. But if you're playing in a large tournament, like this is what I did for the Netrunner tournament that we had, I put my Corporation Haas Byra deck into Darth Vader's face sleeves, which I think is the same art from uh, A Disturbance in the Force. And then my... Runner deck was just in these weird sleeves with some random monster that were, you know, cheap sleeves at the local store. Um, so, you know, sleeve your deck differently to hide some information from your opponent for as long as possible. Because the longer you can keep your opponent guessing, which is a bit harder to do in a game like Star Wars, where, you know, once your opponent sees your objectives and, you know, your couple opening cards or something, they can pretty quickly figure out what's in your deck. But the longer you can keep your opponent guessing, the, the easier it is to sometimes get your your tricks or, you know, sneak something by. Um, uh, the other thing that I want to add about card sleeves, make mm -hmm. sure you bring extra. Yes. Um, if yes. you rip a card sleeve, you have to re-sleeve it, otherwise your deck is no longer tournament legal. So bring extras. Yeah, another thing add. is make sure they're decently quality, you know, sleeves. If they're the same sleeves you've been using for the last three years and they've been shuffled a bazillion times, Go buy a new pack of sleeves, you know, even if you do it at the con. I don't recommend sleeving before a tournament because you're going to be that guy that causes the delays, and you'll perfectly do it maybe on the plane or on the drive or something. Um, but buy new sleeves if your sleeves are all scratched up or dinged or something like that because you could be called out for having a marked deck. So you don't want that to happen because it, it, nine times out of ten when you get called for a marked deck, it's accidental. You're not actually marking your sleeves. It's just, the you know, stuff happens, sleeves get 
dinged up and banged around stuff. I mean, that's why we use sleeves, so it's not happening to the cards. So, you know, well, I make mean, sure your like, sleeves are in good quality. I mean, like, with the, the Mark thing, the Star Wars community is actually really mature, I think. It's not like the Magic community or, like, some of the, like, you, no offense, the Yu-Gi-Oh community or, like, Pokemon or whatnot. But I think that, for the most part, the Star Wars community is a little bit older, um, you know, because most of us grew up with Star Wars. Most of us, most of the players I think you're going to see at Gen Con are probably going to be in their late 20s, early 30s, personally. Sure. So I think that no one's going to accuse you of marking your cards unless that player is just a real douchebag. And it could be something simple like a judge coming by and saying, hey, your cards are marked. I mean, I've heard of that happening, too. And it's not just, you know, magic and stuff. You know, we we tend to give magic a hard time on the podcast. Uh, so, you know, if any of your magic players, we apologize. We are not fans, obviously. Um, but it's not just magic stuff like that. I mean, this is a 120-person nationals tournament. You know, everybody's, for the most part, is playing. Yes, we're all there to have fun. At least I hope everybody's there to have fun, of course. But you're also there to win. And we don't, I don't know if we even know what the prizes are, do we? Have that been announced anywhere? Or did I miss something? No, I don't think they've been announced yet. Okay, so, I mean, it could be you're fighting for, you know, something really cool. For a lot of the other LCGs, typically what they allow a winner to do, I don't know if they do this for nationals, I know they do for worlds, is they allow you to design a card. I mean, that doesn't seem like much. It's not like magic where you know, like you win $5,000 or something crazy. But being able to design your own card and having your name on a card for, you know, ever is a really cool prize. So, you know, people will be playing to win. So there could be people who say, hey, your deck's marked. And it may not be, like I said, it, 9 times out of 10 is probably not marked intentionally. But there's that 1 out of 10 chance. So they could call a judge and the judge could say, yeah, your deck's marked. So you, know, you don't want that to happen because you don't want to have to be resleeving your deck between rounds because you can be really rushed when you're doing that. Yeah, the other thing too, most people think that, that you know marking cards is something as simple as, oh no, there's, a, there's like a little fleck of dust on that card. Usually, if someone tries to call you out for you know dust on your cards or, or like a, a, a roughed up corner on a card sleeve, most tournament organizers and judges are not going to consider that marking it generally has to be something very blatant right right yeah. or something that is a, a big enough defect on a card or a sleeve that it, it, it would be considered that if it's just like oh no one of your sleeves might have like just a banged up edge a little bit well yeah. most won't yeah um generally you want to clean up your deck though um beforehand like you were saying matt but even then um there's usually a lot of leeway when it comes to that aspect, and that's actually kind of a, a like a minor aspect. Most tournaments, like deck marking, your first offense is just you're asked to resleeve. Right. Well, I mean, it takes like yeah. two or three offenses before they start doing yeah. game losses. So, so well, I, like with the whole bent corners thing, you're gonna have bent corners. I mean, because Dragon Shield, the Ultra Pro sleeves, I mean, they're very very clean cut cards sleeves, but. They're going to get banged up. They're going to get, you know, bent. They're going to get bent a little bit. I mean, and that's going to be most of your cards. So it's not going to be like, well, that one's bent. And you'll be like, so is 90% of my other ones. So right. as long as they're all, they all look used and they're all not whatever, like marked up or whatnot, you, sh you should be fine. So, right. but, um, well, I think we've harped on about sleeves yeah. enough. Yeah. Get new sleeves. Yeah. Get, get new sleeves. The, the other thing is like, I, I know you were talking about, you know, taking food and stuff. Um, a lot of people will make the mistake of drinking like energy drinks and really sugary things. Oh yeah, um, don't do that because you're going to crash. Generally, want to drink water 
and or like some kind of like Gatorade or something. Yeah. Uh, you want to keep yourself hydrated. You don't want to keep yourself jacked up on sugar because you will eventually crash. And it's generally in the later rounds when you need to be focused. So drink lots of water. It's your friend. Uh, Eight cups so, a day. Um, you know, honestly, um, <laughs> when I do any type of tournament, whether gaming, whether it be sports, whether it be you know, card games, I will bring – not that kind of tournament. I will bring um, uh, fruit, orange juice, and lots of water, sometimes Gatorade. You are. I know I'm a fruit. I know. But basically what that does is that constantly gives you the nutrients that your brain needs to think at that top level. I mean, if we look at um, eSports, for example, which is uh, the electronic eSports uh, like uh, Dota, StarCraft, uh, Halo, fighting games, that kind of stuff, the players will always be drinking something. And it's always it's not going to be energy drinks. It's not going to be you know heavy pop and soda to keep them awake. They're going get, to get a good night's sleep. They're going to work out a lot. And they are going to make sure to eat lots of fruit and vegetables. I know that sounds really stupid. <laughs> like it's like, hey, Sesame Street time. This this a lot of the day is for V vegetables. But you're to play a card game at top level. You need your brain to always be constantly active and just making sure that it's you know it's running properly. Because a lot of sugar, a lot of junk food, you're, you're not going to feel great. Um, you you might feel full. But there's no nutrients for your brain to to pull from that. It's just it's just nasty crap. So right. don't don't eat junk food. Uh, seriously, guys. I mean, it may sound really stupid, like oh, you know, whatever. But I'm I'm serious. I can guarantee you, if you eat junk food, you're probably not going to do very well. Um, test me, test me. See, seriously, bring bring fruit, bring um, orange juice, bring Gatorade, like Nate said. And constantly be drinking that. Get good night's sleep. Don't stay out and party. I know that's tempting because you know it's it, it's a fun event. But if you're there to win, don't go out drinking. Don't don't go out and just eat a Until bunch. Until after of, you win. Yeah, there you go. I mean, like if you win, go out drinking. That's great. But get a good night's sleep. Don't stay up late. I mean, if you're just there for fun, who cares? But if you're there to legitimately win, I'm talking to you, D boy, because I I know I know I know you're gonna four zero all your opponents. <laughs> it, it's gonna happen. And and. And he's probably gonna win. Uh, yeah. yeah. What? It's eight zero. They changed. Oh, that's the right. It's eight zero now. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, guys, um, eat healthy uh, during the tournament. It, it will help you. It will help you. Right. And having never been to Gen Con, I don't know exactly what the food situation is, but so, but I'm sure there's lots of you know junk food around. You know, the greasy stuff, the eat, the easy stuff that you know it's easy just to grab and eat on the run. Try and avoid that stuff. Um. It, another thing that you hit on there, Patrick, you know, get a good night's sleep. A lot of people, like, it is going to be hard to sleep at first because, you know, you're going to be all revved up because, you know, it's a big tournament. There's lots of people and you're going to be thinking, oh, what if I go against this? What if, I, you know, it's, it's going to be hard for you to get your brain to turn off. So it might be good to try and, like, I find when I know I'm like that, I go to bed earlier because I know it's going to take me a while to wind myself down. So instead of you know going to bed and you know like ten and eleven o'clock like I usually do, I would go to bed a bit earlier to give myself the time to wind myself down and still fall asleep at a reasonable hour. And I've done that for other tournaments for that I've attended uh, in my years playing card games. Um, one other thing, don't change your deck at the last minute. I know it's really tempting, and I know you're going to think, oh, but what if I go up against this? I'm going to need this, and then this, and this, and this. It becomes a thing that spirals out of control. It happened to me. For the Netrunner Regional that was down in Halifax a few months ago, I couldn't decide until literally when we parked at the event which deck I was going to run because I just kept going. I've been playing so much and I was testing and people were saying, 
use this, use this, use this. And I drove myself crazy. Don't allow yourself to fall into that trap because it becomes very tempting to change your deck. And once you change it, if you don't have time to practice with it, you don't know the deck as well. Play the deck you're the most comfortable with and play the deck you like the most. Another thing to do, and this is a hard one to do, you're going to lose games, possibly matches. That doesn't mean you're out of the entire tournament. It doesn't mean you know you table flip on your opponent or anything <laughs> like that. Puns. Yes. Puns. Take a minute, shake your opponent's hand, say good game, walk away, go to the bathroom, go get a drink of water, whatever. Get yourself out of the funk that we can all find ourselves getting into because it's, it becomes a spiral of self-destruction. If you lose one game and you let it bug you, then guess what? You're going to lose the next game and the next one and the next one. You're just going to get in the funk and you're going to become that guy that nobody wants to play with because you're no fun to play against at this point. And they're going to get the wrong idea about you. And, you know, you're not going to present yourself in the best way if you're overtired, hungover, hungry, so hyped up on sugar you might as well be vibrating, or crashing from your sugar high of an hour ago and waiting for your next fix. Or letting your losses bug you. Just you gotta give yourself. I mean, I don't know how much they're allowing for time for between rounds. I'm assuming it's gonna be fairly quick with a person that or a tournament this large. Well, I mean, um, like for for time, um, if it's anything like the only tournament experience I've had is going to Pokemon Nationals twice because I'm an awesome uh, geek. So, uh, shut up, nerd. I, I, yeah. Okay. So. Like in between matches, that this was years ago. So it was either it was about ten, fifteen minutes in between right. matches, or I mean, enough. it it could be an hour because you're waiting for your, your next opponent. Especially in like the first few rounds, you're going to be waiting a, a long time for your next opponent, because what's going to happen is it's you, you're I mean, it's 120 people trying to get up to the the, the is it is it a top 16? I don't know. They haven't they haven't announced. I'm not sure. Topic, I think with probably... 120, it's probably going to be bigger. Might be top thirty-two, but it, it, if it's uh, top thirty-two, you're looking at you know nine plus rounds of Swiss. A, gosh! And then if you cut to a top sixteen or thirty-two, that's another five rounds there for thirty-two. I think. I want to see if they got anything up on the website while we're but talking. The last two people are going to be playing until you know October. I, I well, mean, and the same thing happened at Worlds last year at the FFG Center. I yeah. know for the Game of Thrones melee, they were playing really late. Like it was like. 1 or 2 a.m. or something crazy. Holy crap. Well, they, were playing. they, they like, can't it play was... that late because of Gen Con. Well, yeah, they're a little so, bit... So I, I'll sure probably the do... Closes. You know, I think they'll probably do a top 16 or or even a top 8. Like, they might even just cut to a top 8. I don't see that happening with a tournament that large. And there's going to be so much grouping. Yeah, I, I mean... With the new point structure that may yeah, get the... rid of some of the grouping, yeah. but I know, like, even in the Octagon tournament, even with how well people have been playing, there's a lot of people that are sitting at, at, you know, 12 and 10 points because that's just where everybody tends to fall. So it's like, they're going to do a cut. It'll probably be 16 or 32. And probably you're going to have people playing for, you know, 15, 16 hours. Yeah. So, so, so bring stuff guys. I mean, uh, Matt's giving you guys a lot of helpful tips. Um, so, Let's actually uh, end the show here. We don't want to take any more uh, up of your time. Hope you guys are having a sh- safe trip there, and I hope you guys do really well in Gen Con. Um, Matt, what is our contact info? 
Our contact information is on Facebook. You can find us at Table Flip. It's uh, pretty easy to find, really. Uh, we're up to, I think we're at 90 last time I looked. So, you know, we're almost hitting triple digits. Yay. Um, so we're hoping to get, you know, a few more people in there. We, we need to start making a bit more conversation on there. I know we all kind of get busy in our lives. Um, if you want to email the show, you can email us at tableflippodcast at outlook.com. And that information is also available on our Facebook as well as in all the threads we post every time we have an episode on the FFG boards, Board Game Geek, and Card Game DB. Okay, so I, I'm sorry. I, I was distracted. My wife was, was, was talking to me. So um, Contact info has been given out. Awesome segue there. Um, that's so great. Uh, Nate, any shout-outs today? Um, I'm, I, I give another shout out to, uh, my, my opponent from last round, uh, John Crawford, and I will give a shout out to you for letting me come to your house and eat all your food and take up all your chairs. Okay. Well, yeah, it, definitely, definitely. Uh, it's He's actually trying to been... take care of you because you're unemployed now, so you want to make sure you eat right. I know, I should just move in. Oh, like, they have a should. house. I should just, like, take over one of these. I'll be, I'll be you your take the West Wing. I don't think my wife would like that. No. Sorry. I tried. He did. Um, Matt, shout outs. Uh, my shout out is going to go to uh, the same person I shouted out earlier, uh, uh, Jeremy Anderson. He's a local player down in Halifax, and he is going down to Gen Con for his first time to play in both the Star Wars and a Game of Thrones regionals. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to arrange a time to play with him very much to help him. We might get a couple games on Octagon in during this week before he leaves on Wednesday. Uh, but best of luck to him. You know, have a good time, and uh, I hope you do well in both of the tournaments. Awesome, awesome. Um, I'm gonna give a shout out to Nate as well. And uh, we actually bought Pokemon decks and played before the show, which was actually a lot of fun. It, it was a lot of fun, and uh, I, I kicked his butt. Uh, what both games? Shut up. <laughs> My. Uh... One of my Pokemon was was pretty OP. It was it was, it was pretty sweet, <laughs> but he 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 did have a Pokemon that uh, dealt. Nobody uh, cares. I I care. But uh, anyway, anyways. Okay, that's fine. Star Wars the card game podcast. <laughs> <laughs> now soon to be Pokemon. Make Woo! your own Pokemon podcast. Yes. So all right, guys. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, again, good luck in Gen Con. I hope everyone has a safe journey and a safe Go trip TGO. there. Yeah, TGO and. and DM boy and all those other people. So, I. Uh-huh. So okay. So actually, you know what? Before we go, predictions for the top two. Top two. Top two players that we know. And top two decks. We should do decks too. That'd be cool. Okay. So my projections for the top two. I think it's going to be TGO. Okay. He's going to be playing something with. I go with. Jedi affiliation. Okay. And Sith affiliation. All right. And his opponent will be someone we've never heard of before. Okay. Who will be playing smugglers and scum. All right. Matt, what are your predictions? Uh, I'm going to go with DB Meboy, who I think is also Red 5 CGG, yep. otherwise known as the other Matt. Um, I think he's going to be up there. If he doesn't win, I'll be surprised, but I'm sure he'll definitely place very well. He's probably going to run some sort of a Jedi Smuggler's character build and Sith control because he really likes the Sith and he's got a pretty good deck going, I know. Um, Okay. The other person, 
Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Nate. It's it's gonna be somebody we either don't know, I guess you could say, which seems funny because some person really knows who we interact with online, which is you know not you know it's a small fraction of the community um, playing some sort of a geez, I don't know scum because I want scum to place well and definitely something smugglers. Okay, all right. Okay, so my my prediction is. Yes, Drummond. It's because mine's the important prediction. Um, I think that we're gonna see. You know, it, it's really tough between TGO and and um, DB because they're both, I think, really, really good players. Um. So since both of you guys are not, they're gonna play each other. You know, everyone's saying that, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think one of them will get knocked out. Um, I think that we're going to see... I'm going to go with TGO. Because I think that he has more game knowledge and a little bit better understanding of the game itself. In a shorter name. And, and a shorter name. That's very important. Very important. Very important. That's a terrible reason. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's a reason, and I think I think also he is going to play a Jedi affiliation. I think that we're going to see someone use a, a neutral set, some like weird neutral objective. Um, maybe looking for droids, maybe uh, corporate um, whatever that exploitation. I always want to play. I don't remember. I, I always want to call it the corporate corporate explanation, but that, that doesn't make any sense. So. I think one thing that's going to be interesting is if we get to see the decks from Nationals. We will. And then the second chance tournament that's either the next day or Sunday because for the second chance, I'm not sure. Oh, no, I, I know somebody posted Battle of Hoth, the new pack, which is slated to come out at some point this week. Right. Is going to be legal. So it'll be interesting to see how quickly people assimilate those uh, five new sets. I think in that, we'll see Rebel Speeders all over the place. Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Um, we'll see you guys in two weeks, probably next week, while we uh, once the Gen Con stuff or results come out. So, looking forward to everybody at Gen Con. Hope yep. you guys have a great time and drive safe. God bless. May the force be with you. Take care. Yep. Good luck, everybody. Please post deck. Uh-huh.